Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off, hand off Jacobs, has the first down of the big hole, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT in Vegas. If you're listening all over the Raider Nation, you could do that on the Raiders mobile app. You know that already, and we appreciate that. We're brought to you by Remy Martin. Their 1938 cognac is all about celebrating. Remember, share the great moments, and you'll have an opportunity to do that. At the Super Bowl, Remy Martin's going to have a one-minute commercial in the first quarter of the Super Bowl, which is a really big deal. Our proud partner, Remy Martin, team up for excellence. So I was out of town for a few days in Florida. Great time seeing my mom and dad, my sister. My brother-in-law went solo. My wife was back here holding down the fort. My sons are back in school. we got a couple of cool things happening before I head out to the Super Bowl uh, Demand's going, Q's going. We got a couple of members of our team here on Raider Nation Radio. We're going to host Raiders Roundtable, our podcast that we're really proud of. We'll do it on Tuesday and Thursday from Radio Row. My other podcast with my partner, Tom Looney, will be broadcasting from there, and it should be a nice couple of weeks building up to that. It would have been much better if the Raiders were there. Uh, Raiders did not make the playoffs, but we're thinking about this offseason with the silver and black. We also have the Pro Bowl. That's coming up here, which is a really big story. And the Pro Bowl's in Vegas, even though it's not my cup of tea in regards to the game. It's a skills contest, and I think that'll be a lot of fun for the kids in attendance. And the parents who want to bring the kids there, there is no excuse, no excuse not to take your kids to the Pro Bowl. The tickets are priced reasonably cheap. Kids want to see their favorite players are going to be here. Eli and Peyton Manning are going to be coaching them up, and it'll be a lot of fun. So head on out to the Pro Bowl and have a good time here as it's in Vegas as we are ready to roll here. I talked about the Golden Knights. I'm really disappointed with their lack of effort and inconsistency for a team that it's Stanley Cup or bust, and they don't look like a Stanley Cup contender over this recent homestand and the loss at Arizona, which is a bit of a concern to me. On the NFL side again, Dak Prescott is a big topic. Here's a topic for you the rest of the show. Right now, this is important because my buddy talked about, me at an, uh, talked about this at another network. Raider Nation, this is specifically for you. If you could go trade straight up today, this is just a fun topic. It's not going to happen. If you could trade Dak Prescott for Derek Carr, Derek Carr for Dak Prescott, would you do that deal? 702-365-9200. Because I think that Jerry's going to consider everything on Dak. He's under contract. He'd love to get out of that contract. And I don't think the Raiders should do it. But who do you think on a talent level, who do you think is a better quarterback today? Former Raiders quarterback, we believe he'll be the former quarterback in Derek Carr or Dak Prescott. Tom Brady is a massive topic. It will remain a massive topic until he makes a decision about his future. T.J. Reeves, my good friend, the Buccaneers sideline reporter, amongst being a college football play-by-play voice, a talk show host, a podcaster, a boxing insider joins us. 
Happy New Year, my friend. We we kind of lost track uh, for a bit as you were you were chasing Brady on another Super Bowl run that came up a little short. Uh, well, we did lose track. Happy New Year to you, and I wish that we were talking in happier times for the Buccaneers, but we made all the Cowboys and their fans feel good. Dak Prescott feel good at least for a week to get a road playoff win at the expense of the Buccaneers, only to have San Francisco derail that yesterday. Um, and now the question is, does Tom Brady want to continue to play? And I don't know that we're any closer to really having a final answer on that. Now, there's tea leaves everywhere, which we're going to get into, and I know you want to talk about in Vegas about whether or not the Raiders and Josh McDaniels and a reuniting might be in the offing. We're just going to have to see, does he still want to play, JT? Yeah, I think that's really important. But one of the reasons I wanted to get you on is a lot of people now are talking. It happens every year with Brady. Oh, he's done. He's got nothing left. You were there for every throw at home and on the road. I look at his completion percentage, the amount of yards he threw for, all the chaos around him with the injuries, the offensive line, and the fact that he started and closed the divorce, which is very emotional for everybody in a calendar season here, how much do you think he has left? I still think that he can play. Now, can he play at the 2020-2021 levels that we saw? I don't know. Clearly, you saw, even in that game back on Monday night, there are missed throws that didn't used to be there, at least uh, there would occasionally be a missed throw. Those have started to crop up a little more and more. Can he still air it out to your point? Yes. From field level, there is still zip on the ball. It is remarkable. It's, it's truly remarkable that uh, at 45 years of age, the guy can still put the ball in tight spots, 25, 30 yards down the field, throw it long to a Mike Evans or a Julio Jones if he had to this season. Now, you wonder, does that translate eight, nine months from now, preseason and start of the regular season for another team if he does play? You would think that it would, but I'm here to testify right here with Mr. Brick that anybody that thinks that he couldn't throw the ball anymore just wasn't watching. And as you said, I was right there at field level where he's fitting balls in tight windows, et cetera, and it's, it's, it's remarkable. You know, you think about – you understand all of sports like I do, and you think about Nolan Ryan still throwing the fastball, bringing the 98-mile-an-hour heat as a 44- or a 45-year-old. Well, eventually the arm gave out, the elbow gave out. You don't know when that's going to be for Brady, but right now he is defying father time. T.J. Reeves is our guest. The three bomb touchdowns he threw to Mike Evans down the stretch of the season and that perfect ball that he threw to Julio Jones in the playoff game led me to believe his ball is great. He can throw the ball great. The question is, if it's Miami, if it's Vegas, or another team, is the offensive line. What did you see this year in regards to the Buccaneers and their offensive line woes? And then when they started to come together, the protection of Brady, getting the ball out and not taking sacks and not making bad decisions. How much of it was predicated to that offensive line? A lot of it was. You make a great point because you had a Pro Bowl guard and Ali Marpet retire. Mm -hmm. This is in the interim when Brady retired. You had Ryan Jensen, the center, who's a Pro Bowl caliber center, big guy. He got hurt on the second day of training camp, never played this season all the way until that playoff game, and then remarkably stepped out of the playoff game and played pretty well uh, for that game. Uh, And then you had a new right guard as well, a former Patriot that was with him in Shaq Mason, who's good, but he's he's not dominant. So it was not the same offensive line. He did not have the same fortress, as I described it, in front of him, like in 2020 and 2021, where he was really getting sacked on five- and seven-step drops even. 
So he had to get the ball out of his hands quicker. You saw many more screens, many more receiver one-yard passes or, or, or dump-offs to the back this year. And then there were certain times when he did air it out. But uh, clearly this was not the same game plan or offense, and they really struggled. I mean, the, the proof is, is in 12 points less per game, going from a 30-point-per-game average to 18 points per game. They just didn't throw the ball downfield as much. Uh, T.J. Reeves is our guest. I think what everybody wants to know is this completion percentage number, which was really high for him historically, one of the best of his career when it comes to checking down or throwing deeper balls. That's a number that can get skewed. It's it's almost like field goal percentage, T.J., as you know, the NBA. You know, field goal percentage, <laughs> Wilt and Kareem are going to have great field goal percentages yes. in Shaq when they're dunking and not taking fadeaway jump shots. So when I look at the numbers on the completion percentage at 668 you're the sideline reporter there on the sideline, 4,694 yards, 25 touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions here, a 90.7 rating. Those stats look pretty good to me. Yeah, they do, but as you mentioned, and you're astute on this, you can complete a lot of short passes that make your completion percentage look good, and then now when they have these next-gen stats and the analytics on, okay, how much? what was your difference in the completion percentage on throws 15 yards down the field or 25 yards down the field, and how did that compare to the rest of the NFL? That's where uh, he did not attempt nearly as much this year without Gronkowski, without a deep threat like Antonio Brown, and for whatever reason, he and Mike Evans, by and large, could not get on the same page all year, save for that Carolina game that you mentioned on New Year's Day where the Buccaneers clinched the division when he found Evans not once, not twice, but three times with long ones in that game. He had basically had three long bomb touchdowns the whole year until that game. Uh, So there were occasions and flashes of it, but a lot of it uh, was completing small, short passes, and that helps skew the numbers somewhat. Still, uh, it's it's remarkable that, again, he's doing this at 45 years of age. Peyton Manning, you know, Jake, he couldn't throw the ball anymore, and he wasn't even 40 years old. Uh, Drew Brees got to the end a couple of years ago and could not get it down the field. I think Drew was like 41 or 42. This guy's 45 throwing the ball around like he is still 35. It's, it's, uh, it's remarkable what we've seen in the three years in Tampa Bay. Wrapping it up with T.J. Reeves, what a great guest to have. So when you looked at that goodbye press conference after the game where he was saying goodbye to the local media, and you're there on the national, you're, you're there on the team broadcast <laughs> with the great Decker off. What did you think uh-huh. of that? Or what, what was that play when you drove home that night and you heard that? Did you say to yourself, wow, Brady's so sharp with the media. He's leaving the window open or he's kind of closing it. What was your takeaway when you heard that? So the first thing is he had his parents down in the tunnel and he came over and he kissed both of them. And I was about 20 feet from that last Monday night. And he did not do that after the Rams loss last year that ended the season. So that's clue number one. If that was it for good, he wanted them there just in case. The next thing, and I can tell you this, he did this several times this year. He he was almost like at the 100 meters at the Olympics in the starting block to get out of his uniform, get into his clothes, and get into that press conference room as soon as Todd Bowles was done. Uh, It wasn't quite Usain Bolt or Carl Lewis, but it was close. On get me in there, let me say what I'm going to say, and then I'm leaving. And so I I think most of the media that was in there felt like this is a, you know, you're you're in the rearview mirror, this is goodbye. Now, certainly a year ago taught us he walked right back in the same door after saying goodbye. So we don't know for sure 
But that that certainly those circumstances I just described made it seem like uh, that it probably is goodbye um, more than likely. And I don't know that he still wants to play. He hasn't said that he still wants to play. That's the most mm-hmm. intriguing thing. If he comes comes out now and says, I want to continue on and I want to work something out either in Tampa Bay or I want to continue on. Remember, JT, he's an unrestricted free agent. I want to continue on and I would like to play somewhere else. That's going to be up to him. But we haven't heard any of that from him. And, and not even people that I talk with truly have a great read on this right now on whether Brady is back at 46 years of age later in 2023. Last question. This is the one that's most intriguing to me. His brand is the biggest brand in NFL history. With all due respect to everyone who's ever played in the history of this league, from the captain of the Cowboys to Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, his brand, TB12, is clearly the biggest in NFL history, bigger than Montana and Rice. So when I look at this, what, what can he play for? Because he, he could be the guy that says, I'm not going to play unless I'm getting $50 million or $40 because my brand is worth that marketing jersey, ticket sales. Or he can go, I got all the money in the world. My brand is carrying everything. I can play for $22 million or $24 million. It's kind of a personal question. I don't want to put you on the spot here. But you've covered Brady the last couple of years. I don't think the money is going to blow up a deal here like it could for Aaron Rodgers uh, definitely Lamar Jackson, the biggest quarterback potentially available. What do you sense with Brady and the budget for him for another team? Yeah, so I don't think it's so much about the money. Mm-hmm. It was that way at the end of, at New England, and he even worked with the Buccaneers this past year on how do we work it out for him to be back and how do we work that out and save under the salary cap. So on your question about the brand, the only other thing that would be left is can I go to a third place and succeed at the highest level and maybe have a shot at another Super Bowl or win it? I mean, these guys are all about challenges, and they, they think entirely differently and operate entirely differently than the rest of us mere mortals. And so I, I would think his motivation would be forget about money. It's now about can I, if, if he chooses to go to another place, can I win at the highest level at another place? And that is just an unknown right now, whether that's the Raiders, the Dolphins, or any other opportunity that he might take. And I again emphasize to you, I wouldn't rule out that he walks right back in the door in Tampa Bay. We just don't know. Sounds good. Always great to talk to you. Love what you're doing. Uh, take the twins for donuts. Uh, my yes. wife and I, my wife and I in Vegas are going to see your Tampa Bay Lightning here on February 18th against my Vegas Golden Knights. There we go. Ma- maybe some donuts on the line for the twins. There, there. you go. Some donuts maybe on the line for that. So we got a little off season now uh, to get ready for uh, for the Buccaneers and what what might life be like without Brady if he chooses not to come back. But listen, it's always good to be with you. Uh, you've been great to me, and so uh, let's just see. It won't, it, won't be in, it won't be dull, let's put it that way, over the next couple of weeks to see what Brady decides to do and where he might or might not end up, or is he done? Was that it against the Dallas Cowboys uh, for an illustrious, incredible career? We will find out soon, my friend. Good to be with you. I have a feeling we'll be talking soon. Take care, my friend. There he is, T.J. Reeves, the Buccaneers sideline reporter. Every game on the team plane, Team plane, sideline reporter with Tom Brady. That's the guy. And he's giving you his honest opinion on what could happen here with Tom Brady. The problem with Brady going forward, I don't think his durability. Look, if the guy, if he doesn't play for a good offensive line, he's going to get hit. The key is the ball comes out before he gets hit. Just remember that. That's all you need to remember. The ball comes out. 
and he changes the protection. And I said this when I rooted against him every game he ever played. Did I make that clear? I rooted against him every game he's ever played. So don't you start telling me I'm homering for Brady in Vegas. How dare you say that to me? I've been on the radio 26 years uninterrupted trying to take down that Patriot championship run, the tuck rule and all that. Okay, so how dare you say I'm a homer for Brady or Brady this, and then you've been listening to me for 10 minutes instead of 10 years. Okay, I'm no fan of Brady. I don't fawn over Tom Brady. I just dip the show in reality every day. When I walk through this building or do a radio show and put the headsets on, I dip the show in reality. Okay, we don't do cheeseburgers and what you do for the weekend for three hours. We're here trying to give you the information you need to make an intelligent decision or opinion on sports. I'm not saying lean on me. I'm not telling you I have all the information. Vinny Bonsignor breaks more news than I do. Jay Glazer breaks more news than I do. I'm just on the radio more than anybody for whatever reason. I'm just trying to give you a topic or two, a show locally, that you could say, well, that's interesting. JT brought up something interesting on Brady's completion percentage. Why am I whining about Brady if he had the highest completion percentage of his career with a bunch of guys who were hurt all year long? It's because he's better than everybody else, and the play calling is perfect for him with McDaniels because they wrote the playbook together. They were co-authors of the playbook that Derek Carr struggled with. Jarrett Stidham seemed to be okay with it. Aaron Rodgers might want nothing to do with it. It could be better for Lamar Jackson to have a wrinkle in the McDaniels playbook where he can run, right? Like, didn't Jarrett Stidham run more than Carr in one game? Yeah. Why? Because Josh McDaniels was more interested in having his athleticism outside the pocket than Derek, most likely. And one other point on Derek. More people demand, more people are baiting me into being anti-Carr which I'm also offended with. Getting Every time I put something on Facebook at JT the Brick, or Twitter, for example, last night, well, Dak, Dak didn't finish. That, that game falls squarely on Dak. And I look at the comments, and some idiot says, well, what would Carr have done? You know, baiting me into a Carr discussion. Like, I, like I, have, I don't want to have a discussion about Derek Carr compared to anybody else. I want Derek Carr to go to another team, have a chance to win, not beat the Raiders, but have a chance to fulfill his life and play for another team at a very high level. I'm a human being. That's what I want to see him do. Everybody thinks when I have a Tom Brady guest on or I'm going to have a Packer guest on that I'm sitting here, it's not a knock on Derek Carr. It's just talking about what Derek did here and what Derek wasn't able to do. And that's the problem in this building here on Raider Nation Radio. <laughs> Everybody's trying to protect Derek on the way out. Everybody's trying to put a, you know, a soft comforter around them or other people want to bash them like the callers. We're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I've never seen a quarterback be so polarizing with the fan base of you got to hate him. Like you said, you're tweeting about Dak Prescott and his performance last night and people want you to comment on Derek Carr, what he would have done in a similar situation. I don't want to say who cares to everyone who responds or who calls in because Derek Carr, he had his day. Mm -hmm. he, did, he did some good things for the franchise. But I don't think that other franchises would care this much if it's a foregone conclusion that the quarterback's going to be gone in the offseason. Even the Cowboys, if it was, hey, Dak's not coming back next season, we're going to look for mm -hmm. some avenues to get rid of Dak. It'd be, all right, who's the next guy? It'd be more excitement about who's the next guy rather than we don't, what's, what's, what's going on with Derek? Yeah, the, the Dak thing, I'm happy you brought that up. Dak is very similar to Derek. Dak, I think, is better than Derek, and he has flaws, and Derek's very good. But 
he's a very polarizing for what how for whatever the amount of Raider fans are talking about Derek Carr, two times to three times more are talking about Dak because that's what they do with the Cowboys. Cowboy fans are just crazy about the quarterback. But the last thing about Derek Carr is, you know, people are like, when is Derek going to tell the truth? I had a buddy of mine today works at a network says, I'm reading all this stuff about Derek and was Derek hurt by being coached too hard? The guy was coached by Josh McDaniels and John Gruden. Those are really hard coaches to work for. I mean, in a good way. They are demanding. They are so demanding. They grade you on every throw. So Derek grew up with a bunch of brothers, right? He had a couple brothers. One of them played in the NFL. Tom Brady grew up with two sisters. Two sisters. He's the sixth-round pick. Derek was the second-round pick. Tom Brady was fine with Josh McDaniels. He didn't get his feelings hurt. Not saying that Derek did, because I don't know what Derek's feelings were like with Josh McDaniels. But Tom Brady had no problem with Josh McDaniels. They won six Super Bowls together. No one's feelings got hurt. No one was scared. No one woke up every day wondering if their feelings were okay. They went in to compete for world championships, and they won them. That's all I think Josh McDaniels wants going forward from no one coach. He just wants an entire team of players who are tough, can handle criticism, and can play at the level he wants to play. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler didn't win as many games as Mike Mayock and John Gruden were of the Basaccia tree, that whole thing. But their level of what they expect is super high. Gruden's was too. Gruden, I've had hundreds of conversations with Coach Gruden in private matters, on the radio, on TV. Coach Gruden had a very high level of what he thought greatness was because he achieved it as a Super Bowl coach. The same thing with Josh McDaniels. They don't want anybody, anyone who's ruffled by criticism, can't handle a little heat, doesn't want to work harder than the next guy. That's it. And now they got to go out and draft a bunch of players who come in character-wise that when they get pushed to the test, they're not going to wilt. They're not going to complain. They're not going to leave the building early. They're not going to come home and tell their wives that their feelings are hurt. They're going to come back to work and be pissed off, and they're going to play at a level like Max Crosby. Do you think Max goes home and cries to his dog and wife and say, I didn't have a good day today? No. Max Crosby comes right back the next day, first first car in the building, multiple people have told me. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler want more guys like that who are going to be the first one in, last one to leave, can handle criticism, can play hurt, don't get in the tub, can understand the complexities of a complex offense and defense, and be smart. They want smarter players. That shouldn't fluster you and trigger you in Raider Nation because you all you're, you're just care about the wins and losses. I get it. But understand what they're trying to get. And maybe if Dave Ziegler can get six to seven more players in the building in the next couple of months who are smarter in regards to preparation, game plan, nutrition, film study than the six who he's going to replace, that could be the difference in having a Bengals-type year. Going from six wins to 12 wins, winning the division, being a wild card and go on one of these runs. That's what I believe. But who cares what I think? they got to go win the games. I don't play, I don't coach, and I don't pick the players. But I evaluate them on the radio. 702-365-9200. Resorts World, your home for the NFL playoffs at Doghouse Saloon. Right inside, on the strip. Also, locals, locals, head on down. They want you to come in and see this glorious resort casino. Not a bad seat in the house in Doghouse to watch the game. And there's a sports book. Right there at Doghouse, so you can 
Place your bets right there, which I find to be the best part about that. Mark Anderson at the bottom of the hour. Open lines for you, 702-365-9200. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. Well, I thought uh, this team uh, uh, with uh, 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 Dak at quarterback, uh, I thought we had a chance to uh, uh, get to and compete at the top level in this in this tournament. I really did, and uh, that was our edge here tonight. Uh, uh, I thought the quarterback and experience of the quarterbacks, uh, they might have had a little edge and. and uh, uh, an area there, but still, I thought our quarterbacks were the edge. JT, back with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Always appreciate it. At JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook. That's a very important soundbite. Really important from Jerry Jones, who's a Gold Jacket Hall of Famer. He's the owner of the Cowboys, and he's the GM of the team. And he basically said after the game that we thought we had an advantage, the Dallas Cowboys at the quarterback position, Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott let him down. The one thing that Jerry felt that they had an advantage in, because they have Joey Bosa, he has Micah Parsons, they have good defensive backs, Jerry's got good defensive backs, C.D. Lamb versus Brandon Ayuk. Okay, there's a lot of players that are similar, but the Cowboys felt like their quarterback with his money and experience would outplay Brock Purdy, and he didn't. That's shocking. I mean, Dak threw two interceptions and almost another pick six that were terrible passes in a playoff game. And what's very tough about the quarterback position, as we're always talking about Derek Carr on this show, is that Derek played in many good regular season games. But Derek was always going to be judged as a Raiders quarterback on what he did getting the Raiders to the playoffs, which he did twice in nine years. And how many playoff games would he win? He didn't win a playoff game. But a lot of times it wasn't his fault. He might not have played a great game, but he played with some players on the team that were never going to be long-term answers for this organization. Derek was always a long-term answer for this organization. That's why he played nine seasons. They always felt like they had a chance to win with him. Other players came and gone every year. Every year, guys came in one door, out the other. Not Derek. Derek got $100 million plus dollars to be the quarterback for the Raiders. And Brock Purdy, in half a season, has won two more playoff games than Derek Carr has won in his entire career. That's the problem around here. you got to win playoff games. And in order to do it, you need players similar to what the Niners and the Eagles have on defense. You need the ability to have quarterback play like you're seeing from Joe, uh, Joe Burrow. You need the ability to have some of the players that the Buffalo Bills has. And the Raiders don't have that personnel locked up yet. They have stars. The good news for the Raiders is Daniel Carlson, A.J. Cole, Colt Miller, Max Crosby, whoever the quarterback's going to be, if it's Sagot or someone else, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Man, there is a core group of players for the Raiders that you can build the world championship around right now. And I gave you the answer before the broadcast began about the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals had three backup offensive linemen that played over the weekend and played better than some of the Raiders' starters. So the Raiders have to go out now and pay for starters that are better than the Cincinnati Bengals' backups who might now start in the Super Bowl. That shouldn't be difficult to do. I mean, swinging and missing on Alex Leatherwood, that's hard to do. 
finding a backup offensive lineman like Cincinnati did and having those guys step up and play well, to me, is incredible. That's what we need to do. So in general, there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to the personnel on this team. The absolute personnel on this team has got to be better. And the only way it's going to be better is if they go out and find these guys via the draft, free agency, or trades. And I think that's going to be a really big strength of Dave Ziegler, which started weeks ago. Started weeks ago. Because Dave Ziegler has been evaluating these players throughout the season. Even before he came to the Raiders, he was putting together a list of players through his scouting department that he thinks if they become available, he's going to be able to go out and get them. And DeMond and I talked about that level of talent and the skill set that this team needs going forward. It's got to be the blueprint. I always said the blueprint has got to be Kansas City in the division, correct? It's got to be that type of blueprint. Well, I'll take it one step further. Maybe the blueprint going forward is going to be the blueprint of Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals are the type of team that we need to talk about. Mark Anderson joins us from the AP. Mark, let's begin with some of the big picture storylines from the NFL as you cover the Raiders and you cover the NFL. Were you surprised that Buffalo didn't put up a fight against Cincinnati? They were never in the game. Yeah, especially at home, and, and you would think those conditions lined up perfectly for them. But, uh, you know, it just it, Cincinnati can't went in there and set the tone right away. And it, it, and Buffalo was in catch-up mode. It was like it was almost like Buffalo was surprised, you know. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, once, once, you, once you're playing on your heels, it's really hard to turn it around after that. Yeah, you're right about that. Not only were they playing on their heels, they were playing on their heels in the snow. So when a game yeah. like that gets away from you, I, I just think they took too many big shots. They take too many home run shots to try to get back into the game, and I think that really haunted them. When you saw Patrick Mahomes go down with that high ankle sprain, they're playing Jacksonville, and Jacksonville had a very good season. But I think if they're playing another opponent, Maybe that other opponent would come from behind and beat them, unlike Jacksonville. What's your level of concern going forward for Kansas City advancing with Mahomes and the injury? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I thought Greg Olson made a great point yesterday in the broadcast that, mm. you know, the day, day of when it happens, the adrenaline is kicking in and he can go out there and play. It's the next day and the day after that mm. and, that you really see how serious the injury is. And, and high ankle sprains, uh, you know, you don't get a lot of time to come back from, and uh, are you? Ha- uh, you know, you, they only have the week with the uh, between now and the conference championship game. But this between conference championship and the Super Bowl, I don't think it'd be a b- as big a deal. But with only a week, that's that's not a lot of time for him to get healthy. And and you saw in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers when he when he wasn't healthy, he just wasn't the same guy. And and it was a major reason the the Bucks just won so easily. But uh, yeah, I. I I, I, I like I really do like Cincinnati's chances in this game anyway. But if you tell me Patrick Mahomes is nowhere close to healthy, then mm-hmm. you know I don't know that you make the Bills a favor, but I mean the Bengals a favor. But it, it just it'd be you got to really like their chances at that point. Talking to Mark Anderson from the AP, I want to move on to the Eagles. That was outright domination. Harry Rose, Howie Roseman and his ability to get players to come in. I mean, and Dominican Sue is like a backup. It's incredible who they have and the layers of that defense and how physically tough they are and the way they play violently. Is that a good term I should use? Because the way they tackle and close on receivers and make tackles, they seem to be much more violent than any other team in the NFL. Maybe the Niners right behind them. Yeah, no, and, and they'll be a rushing matchup on uh, this weekend, uh, those, those two defenses. But, uh, yeah. 
I mean, that's what the Eagles have done. I mean, I mean, Jalen Hurts is is like perfect quarterback for that team in a lot of ways, you know, because he plays that kind of style uh, on the offensive side. And so you, they, they, you get a team that's, that's physical on both sides of the ball, and and, and uh, that's that's really hard to prepare for. And and it, it's the kind of football that wins this time of year. And, and I know that the NFL has become very quarterback-centric, but, man, this, this weekend with the, some of the defensive plays, it, it just showed that, you know, the, you still can't count on defense as being real key, key to championships. Mark Anderson joins us from the AP. So, Mark, what was your takeaway? I've been talking a couple of weeks with Derek Carr. Now the chapter's closing on him. And the Brady talk, because when we saw the quarterbacks that are still available who are still playing now, and the Raiders have to make this decision in the division, let alone in the AFC, they got to find a way to beat Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, those are big decisions in whatever Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels want to do. Yeah, and I don't know that there's a veteran quarterback out there that can get. I know all the talk is Brady or Garoppolo, but I don't know that that's the – you know, Brady's this season showed – I think he's past his prime. I just don't think you're going to get the Tom Brady one of the Super Bowls. And and Garoppolo – you know, I, I I think he can win a lot of games, but the big the big problem is him. He, he can't stay healthy. So, if, if you're really looking for a quarterback to compete with that elite level, which you better be, I think the draft is the way to go. And just hope you get one of those quarterbacks and they click. And you know, and the and their major question marks about each quarterback, whether you're talking about Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, there's there's neither one of those quarterbacks you can say if 100% certain he's going to come in here and, and dominate this league. And and so I think I, – I, 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 but I do think you almost have to take that chance and, uh, and, and, and go get one of those quarterbacks because if you don't, then, then, you're, then you're not really playing for a championship. Yeah, good point. That's what they have to do, especially in the Super Bowl year. Hey, finally, two more quick ones locally. What's going on with the Knights? I mean, this is a team that should be – distancing themselves and stacking points, especially yeah. against inferior opponents. What do you think? Hey, the injury to Stone, there's always going to be injuries. What do you think what's really missing from this hockey team now that's concerning to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I covered Saturday night's game, and they were, they looked the best they've looked in maybe two, three weeks. I mean, that you, know, you think, okay. Now, they, they, they got over whatever they were going through, and now they're now they're going to start getting together. Then they go down to Arizona and, and just lay a complete egg. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I I don't understand it. I I really don't. I know. Yes, yeah, Stone Stone gives them not only the, the scoring and all that. And he he gives them that he gives them that energy that really no other player in that team has. And, but you know he's probably not coming back for a while, mm-hmm. and so you have to you have to adjust to it. And, and they have not really adjusted not having him. I mean, you have to assume he's gone for weeks. And so if that's the case, then you, they better figure it out. And I don't know what it is. I really don't. Mm-hmm. That, that's a game they should have gone down there last night and won pretty easily. And 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 they got just got their butts kicked. And there's and now they're going to go to New York and play three games there. Mm-hmm. It's like, good luck with that. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the problem is. And I'm not sure Bruce Cassidy really knows what the problem yeah, is. Yeah, I agree. Last one, UNLV basketball with Kevin Kruger. What should I be optimistic about going through the next two weeks here and as they try to play a tougher part of the schedule and start accumulating some wins? What are you concerned about? Uh, uh, I'm concerned that the uh, defense that they're supposed to rely on uh, that mm. looks so good in the preseason, 
or, or non-conference season uh, struggled mm. against Fresno State, right. and it's been struggling in general. And maybe, and I don't think that defense is as good as it looked early on, just because. And I think that's where not playing a tough non-conference schedule is coming back to bite them. Uh, and I, I think this team's in big trouble. I, I don't mm. see any any two ways about it. Thank you, Mark. Talk in a few weeks. Always appreciate you. Same here, JT. Thank you so much. You got it. Mark Anderson from the AP, formerly of the Review Journal. You can follow him, and I would follow him. He breaks a lot of news. He's out at all these press conferences at Mark Anderson 65, the number 65. Two things when we come back I'd like to get your opinion on. First off, what should we do with Lil John? Lil John wearing the Kansas City outfit performing for the Chiefs. I don't get in the way of Raiders Entertainment. Those guys are my bosses, too. So if they want to pay little John to perform or show him in the win club, that I, I stay in my lane on that one. I can't figure out. You know, I like everybody. I like the performers. You got Ice Cube. You got Joe Satriani. You got Don Felt. You got great artists that were performing there. I'm not going to die on that hill because I do a bad segment on Little John and I get a call from my bosses over there in Henderson. I don't know where you stand on that, but Mad Max wants to cut him. That was pretty cool. That was an interesting tweet. And Shannon Sharp. Man, Shannon Sharp at the Laker game. I think I got a strong opinion on that. The difference between A, B, and C-list celebrities. It's a big deal. Man, if you're a tiny AM radio C-minus celebrity, you don't have the juice of Shannon Sharp to be yelling at players on the other team. But if you're Shannon Sharp and you got a gold jacket and you're sitting in the front row, you have the right to trash talk? We'll tell you that when we come back on the other side. 702-365-9200. We are brought to you, as we say, by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. I did not have any pizza in Naples, Florida. Mom had some home cooking, a couple good restaurants. But I didn't notice any pizza as good as Grimaldi's, so I waited to come back to Vegas. Grimaldi's in Boca Park is where you'll find me. Best pizza I ever had. I get the Brooklyn Bridge pizza and recommend it to everyone. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by The Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with The Botanist Gin. Thanks for listening, everybody, today. I appreciate it. Good to be back in Vegas after a couple of days in Florida. No alligators. My flight actually went well. Quick story, I flew from, Nate, uh, from what was that airport called? Fort Myers. To Chicago, this is Southwest. Snowing, <laughs> delayed it, delayed in Chicago for about an hour. wasn't bad. We made it up in the air. Landed in Vegas last night. Cold, but uh, nice weather compared to Chicago, and good to be back again. So I'm gonna take a couple trips this summer to see my parents who are doing well, but they're in the mid 80s, and I need to be around a little bit more as my sisters are doing all the heavy lifting. So it was nice I could get away for a couple days. Come back. I got a Raider event tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium. We'll be on the radio here all week long. You can catch me tonight on Mad Dog Sports Radio from 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Big Al in San Francisco after the Niners win again. Go ahead, Big Al. You know, JT, we just watched a week of, uh, you know, a weekend of four games with just amazing athletes and so forth. I mean, the athletes that play football today, are just are they're tremendous athletes. I don't think they're as good at football players as we've seen going back, you know, to the seventies, eighties, and nineties. But these guys can flat out play, and that includes the quarterback position. All eight quarterbacks 
that played on Sunday were all tremendous athletes that can get it done with their arms, but also with their legs. But, you know, I was and watching the Dallas game uh, yesterday, um, they seem to think that maybe this goes back to two and a half years ago when Dak broke his ankles on the broke his ankle on that gruesome play against the Giants in Dallas. They don't want to let him run. And mm-hmm. they can't win unless he runs. In fact, most teams in the NFL can't win with their quarterback unless he can run. Even Purdy, who is kind of like this unknown entity yeah. being you know the seventh round guy, still has shown that he has legs and that he can make things happen if need be. You know, other guys are going to be better, obviously, mm-hmm. first, and then guys who aren't in the playoffs anymore, like Fields, et cetera, et cetera. But if you, you know, if you have a quarterback, your quarterback has to be a weapon with his arms and his legs if you're going to be able to win a Super Bowl. And every quarterback left, you know, whether Mahomes is healthy or not, we'll assume he's going to be healthy, can all get it done with their legs. Maybe better with their arms like Burrow than their mm-hmm. legs, but Burrow can get it done with the legs too. And unless these guys, you know, if Dallas is never going to win anything, not that I care too much about them anyway, but they're not going to win anything as, as long as they keep this guy in the pocket because he makes too many mistakes. They have enough weapons. They have enough weapons on both sides of the ball to be a Super Bowl team, but their scheme just doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel badly for them at all. Thanks, Big Al. I, I agree with you on the running quarterback. I didn't agree with it 20 years ago, but we've all evolved. You have to have your quarterback run, especially in the playoffs on third and short. We're not looking for an 18-yard run on first down. We're not looking for that. What we're looking for is on third and four, third and six, instead of putting your running back nine yards deep, okay, the ball's spotted on the 30 and your running back's feet are on the 39 and you're trying to pick up four yards. That's not going to work in this league. You can't run it into a pile in the playoffs. Those players are too good. So the quarterback needs to roll out, roll out, move around, see if someone's open, and if not, is chaos. He runs for a first down. The Raiders need that type of player unless it's Tom Brady. Brady's the only quarterback that I know remaining in this entire league that really doesn't have to run. He's not going to run, he won't run, and he'll stay in the pocket. But Brady does something better than anybody who's ever lived. He throws to guys who are open because Brady reads the defense so perfectly. When he sees the coverage, he knows who's going to be open and wide open. And notice he always throws it to the guy who's wide open. Dak Prescott was awful yesterday. That that loss is on his back. He was terrible. They got a problem in Dallas. They got to figure. He's a good quarterback, very good. Tough to get rid of, but I don't think they can win a championship with him. Shannon Sharp, here's what he said after his big incident, what happened at the Laker game against the Memphis Grizzlies, where he's a guest on the sideline, and he made all the news. Probably have heard or have seen Friday night um, at the Lakers game. I want to apologize for my behavior. Um, you know, guys, I've preached for the last six and a half years, responsibility and accountability. And I take full responsibility for what transpired. It does not matter what Dylan Brooks said or how many times he said it. Me being the responsible person, me having the platform that I have and having so many people look up to me, I was wrong. I should have lowered the temperature in the arena. Instead, I turned the temperature up and I let it get out of hand. And I want to apologize to a few people. First of all, I want to apologize to the Lakers organization, Jeannie Buzz, the Buzz family. I apologize for any harm or unwanted attention that I brought to your organization. I want to apologize to the fans that were in attendance and the fans that watched on television because that's not what you paid for and that's not what you tuned in to watch. Shannon Sharp should have been mentioned as as someone that was at the game 
not someone that let his emotions run high and get out of hand during the game. I want to apologize to the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies uh, organization and fans, I am sorry. More specifically, I want to apologize to Dylan Brooks. He is a fierce competitor, and seeing him up close, I get a sense of why he is what he is and how he's wired the way he's wired. Bruh, I apologize. I wish you the best of luck the rest of the season and continued success. Ja, it was a privilege and an honor to watch you up close and personal. Skip and I talk about you a lot of times, but to see what you do, the way you're able to elevate, lead the floor, contort your body, and finish at the rim is, is, is unbelievable and, and extremely impressive. And I want to apologize to you. I also want to apologize to my stylist, Hollywood. Bro, you had an impeccable record before you took me on as a client. And I want to apologize for my behavior because you were in attendance. And if I caused any smudge on your resume, I'm deeply sorry for that. I also want to apologize to LeBron James because y'all know how I feel about him. And he supported me through thick and thin. And bro, I'm sorry that I put you in this situation, that you had to support me in something like this. So I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to my family. I want to apologize to my brother, my sister, my mom, my kids, and my grandson. Because one day you're going to be old enough and you're going to see what transpired in that arena. Man, that's a good apology, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think he had to apologize that intensely. And he did. Shannon Sharp, good dude. I know his agent here in town. Good guy. I don't think everybody agrees with him, but that's the way you apologize. Politicians, rock stars, husbands to wives. If you want to apologize, that's the way you apologize, man. He knocked that out of the park in two minutes. Uh, life moves on. I thought that was really good. Damon, thanks a lot. Always appreciate when you step in for Bobby. TJ Reeves, the Buccaneer sideline guy. Mark Anderson, who was kind enough to join us. Really appreciate that. The entire show and Benjamin Brown. You miss any portion of the show, lbsportsnetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Q's about to walk in. Have yourself a great rest of the day, everybody. <laughs>